I can't believe we're getting married. Shit, we have to plan a wedding. Okay, take a deep breath. Relax. We got you. I'm Chris Serna. And I'm Ashley Aiken. And we are your wedding vendor besties, giving you permission to ditch tradition. This is your day, and we're here to give you permission to do things your way. Together, let's make your wedding intentional as fuck. You are listening to The Bridal Breakdown. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Chris here, and I am flying solo this week. Uh, But actually, this week is a little interesting. It's a little bit different. Ashley and I actually had super, super, super super busy weeks. Um, So much so to where we are doing something that we've never done before on this episode. We are actually going to be revisiting an old episode um, and re-releasing it because we truly believe it has amazing content, but because of the way that we released it, it didn't really get a lot of traction. And quite honestly, uh, it has some of the lowest listens of any episode that we've ever done. So let me explain that a little bit. When Ashley and I first started the podcast, we had the great idea to go ahead and and record six episodes right out the gate and release them all at once. In theory, this made a lot of sense, right? Like people would listen, they would binge all the episodes, blah, blah, blah. and, And we just thought it would be really great to have a lot of content for people to binge. When in reality, we really hadn't built an audience yet, really didn't have fans of the show, people who tuned in every week yet. It was the very first week that we released it. We dropped six episodes. So what happened was, is this specific episode that we're going to talk about had to deal more with relationships instead of wedding planning. And it seems like most people went straight to the wedding planning episodes and bypassed this one. And so... uh, 10 out of 10 would not recommend releasing six episodes right out the gate, but it's what we did. We tried it, and it didn't really work for a few of those episodes. And so we're going to take this episode, re-release it. This episode is titled, Ugh, My Fiancé's Family is Crazy. And this episode has more of a relational relationship dynamic. It's definitely one that is very beneficial and highly recommended that anyone who is getting married um, definitely listen to this concept that's outlined in this episode. We talk about a concept called family of origin, and your family of origin, surprise, surprise, is the family that you originate from. So it's the family that you were born into. And what most people don't realize is that many of their habits, their beliefs, just the way they view the world are shaped by the family that you were born into. Now, you take two people who have never lived together or in a brand new relationship that come come, come from completely different families of origin, there's bound to be problems. And in this episode, we talk all about it. We do a deep dive on the subject, but we truly believe that this content is super, super helpful. And we believe that it will be very beneficial to anyone who's going to be getting married. Um, It will save you a lot of frustrations. It will help you understand your partner better. And even more importantly, it will help you understand your partner's family, your fiance's family, who they are, why they do the things that they do, and it it helps you really look past people's actions and and understand why they are the way that they are, right? Like sometimes when people hurt us, this doesn't excuse the hurt that they've caused to us, but it helps us understand why they are the way that we are. And for that reason, and on top of the fact that we've had a very busy week, um, we are releasing 
this episode. So uh, we're going to be relinking all of the show notes from this episode. In this episode, I know we talk about a book, we, t- we talk about a PDF that we created uh, that's in the show notes, and then we reference another podcast that does an even deeper dive on this subject. So be sure to give that a look in the show notes, check out all that stuff, it's there. Um, next week, Ashley and I will be back, no worries, our week slowed down, things, this was just one of those like rare springtime moments where we're like, oh crap. When are we going to record? When is this going to happen? So we're also cutting out all of the fluff and all of the banter out of this episode. uh, And so that you guys could just get right to the topic. So anyways, we will talk to you guys next week. Enjoy this episode and let us know. Give us any feedback that you guys have on it. We love to hear from you. You guys have a good one. Enjoy the episode. We are going to talk about, essentially, it kind of ties into what we just discussed but how your family of origin your family your immediate family your grandparents how they completely shift even your dna but also just the way that you are the way that you act the Uh things that come into play when it comes into or when it deals with and pertains with relationships so for fun I asked last night, if you're not following us on Instagram at The Bridal Breakdown, I highly recommend it because we will keep you involved and yeah, we're we try community to, around there. We try to get some insight from you guys. Yeah. So I asked last night if I said, what do you and your partner do differently based off of how you were raised? And then, for example, if you didn't see this post, I, this is, these are all very surface level things that are just kind of funny, but I load the dishwasher immediately. But Justin grew up staging dirty dishes on one side of the sink. Mm -hmm. So it drives me crazy that there's dishes in the sink because I want to put them in immediately and he doesn't. So that was like something we had to work through. But also from like on like a deeper level, I used to be passive in conflict while Justin was direct and he had to teach me to be more direct and not be passive or passive aggressive. Yeah. Things of that nature that are unhealthy. Is there anything with you and Lara that comes to the top of mind? Oh, man. Okay. So the, the dishwasher thing is it's actually the same for us. So we both load um, onto the same side of the sink. So we, we lucked out on that one. Um, Definitely. But let me see. Oh, gosh. I'm trying to think of something that's kind of like surface level-y. Um, oh, I, well, I shared this one the other day. Well, Lara grew up not watching tv while she eats Mm, mm -hmm. and i grew up with screens on and and just that's just how we grew up and so we're constantly battling to where i'm like hey um i really want to watch this show can and she's like oh okay fine but then for lara that's like a a point that could be a point of connection and instead you know it's i'm wanting to watch this show or, or or whatever so i i definitely get it and understand it but that's one of those things yeah, no, we're the same way in our house. Justin doesn't watch TV and I do. So also, I'm always like, can you watch a movie? I just thought of another silly one. So Lara, um, I guess her mom taught her to, you always push the toothpaste up, like up from the bottom up. And our family just didn't care about things like that. Like, I don't think anyone in my family's <laughs> ever done that. So we squeeze from the middle. And so it's like, obviously Lara and I have a toothpaste thing Weird. in our restroom. And so it's like, why can't, you just, why can't you just squeeze it from the bottom like a normal person or like rolling it up at the bottom so that you get every last bit? It's just yeah, like, I'm just going to squeeze it. You need to tell her that I don't do middle. that either. <laughs> so that's been, that's been something. Like normal people. That's that, funny. That we well, with, yeah. these are a few of our listeners 
that have responded to that question on Instagram I'm in our story. I'm excited to hear these. I haven't heard these. Yeah. I haven't read them. So this is new for both of us. So Hannah said travel. Vacations were basically two different words for us, but we met in the middle. So your families travel differently. Like, okay. Yeah. That's, I can see that too. Like some families, their vacations are like, let's go to Disney. And other families are like, oh no, we're going to go vacation. And what that means is we're going to go see grandma in Iowa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dude. Yes. Those are two separate things. I can totally relate to that. So a lot of the times when we go see my family, we make that long ass 10 hour drive, sometimes 12 if the kids are just struggling and we need to stop more. It's like, oh, we're going on vacation. And for Lara, that's not going on vacation. That's just going and visiting family. Vacation would be, you know, but Lara grew up like taking all of these amazing trips. Like I remember one time she told me that her mom loaded up her siblings and were like, hey, you guys want to go on vacation? And they just drove all the way to like Pennsylvania or something. And they were gone for like two weeks. It was like during the summer. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, we never did that. No, I mean, same. We're going on, I I just said we're going on vacation in a few days. And Justin's like, no, we're going to go see your family. We're not going on vacation. So I feel that. That's a good Um, one. So we have a few more. That was a really good one, Hannah. Abigail said, grocery shop. He's a bulk buyer. I buy as needed. Oh. That's interesting. Do you guys, do you guys do that like bulk buy or buy what you need we both buy what we need so that's the same bulk buy. okay you know what's oh so i just met with a, a couple last night and she was they said something similar to that that she said she's like we have so much food in our house now since we've been together because and he's like a pilot so sometimes he's gone like she's like and i don't have to buy groceries the whole time he's gone like he could be gone for two weeks and i don't need to buy groceries because he we go to Costco and he just buys the biggest cases of everything. So that's funny. Yep. That is super funny. Um, Tana said clean. So they clean differently. Same. Which I can see that like some people might be like dusters where like the other person's definition of clean is like just picking up. That is me. And Lara is the duster. Yeah. She'll be like, hey, can you clean? I'm like, okay. And then I'll just pick everything up and put it back where she go- where it goes. And she's like, you didn't wipe down the cabinet. You didn't wipe down the cabinet. You didn't clean, or Chris. This or this. But even though she's like cleaning to her, she's like, I really want to clean this weekend. And she's talking about scrubbing baseboards. <laughs> yeah, that's like, my mother. What? No. Yeah, that's really funny. Um, so we have another one from Cassidy who said investing versus saving money, which, wow. Yeah. That's a hard one to like, I mean, that's just like a, okay, we're going to sit down and have a come to Jesus moment and we're going to really figure out what's our plan going to be as a team. That's, I'm making a connection there for something that's later on a topic, but that I'm, I'm recognizing like, oh, this goes back to family of origin. Like all of these things yeah, kind of set, yes. set in stone with like today's topic. So that's, yes, because that one's can sense. be deeper. And then we have another one and I, this girl, she's a great like um fan i don't know if fans the right word great follower i want to say her name is maria but i don't know exactly how to pronounce it she scrapes her dinner plate clean and puts it away and he leaves the plate behind with food still on it so we have a few that are just people really don't agree with that one okay i just thought of another one for me and lara that has to do okay. with that so um lara doesn't scrub a plate before she puts it in the dishwasher but i do i do too 
Like I scrub it. And I'm like, I feel like a dishwasher like a double doesn't do wash. it good enough. No, and especially with glasses. Glasses are the worst. Like you, I feel like you really got to give it a good scrub before you place it in there. I agree. Um, Olivia says the way that we view this is this is a family of origin one, which is the topic we're getting into. She says the way that we view and show affection differs based on how much we received as children. Ooh, snap, Olivia. That's getting deep, man. We Which, got a lot of responses same. to that. I know, I know. Um, Jessica said, I do a task immediately, but my husband prefers to relax and gradually complete the task. Girl, same. Girl, same. I can, I can resonate with that. And then Katie said, my family does not play board games. I always get embarrassed at how bad I am. And I'm 100% assuming that that's when she is with her fiance. Right, <laughs> they right. must be a board game family, which I can't. That would suck so bad. Justin and I are both board gamers. And I know that some people don't have that, obviously, that dynamic. And that would be really hard to be a board gamer with not a board gamer or vice yeah. versa. Cause you're just like, I don't get it. I don't get the hype. We don't play board games. The one time we played a board game, I that's when I discovered how competitive Lara was. I never would have guessed she's competitive, but my God, is she competitive. <laughs> when it comes to games. Yeah, I'm like, and she's we- taking it so seriously. And I'm like, dude, this is a game. <laughs> Chill out. <laughs> you're you're going to be fine. It's going to be fine. So this is like, that's why we don't play games because she's, she's competitive. Jeff says laundry so they do laundry differently which right doesn't i feel like that is just a universal you're gonna have to adjust with laundry situation so i do my laundry and justin does his laundry yeah we've yeah so when i got when we got married i realized that there is um two ways to fold a towel there's the way i do it and then there's the right way and Lara would say, <laughs> it's the right she happy wife right happy way. life yep that's funny. And the very the very last one is well, you know, I don't know this gal's name. I don't know this gal's I don't know name. It I, <laughs> I know, right? I Maybe really you just call her by name. the first letter of her name. I don't know that either. Oh, is it a blank? Is there no No, it's I I, I don't know. Just Can nickname we- her. Nickname her? Yeah, just nickname her. <laughs> I just wish I could look at her name and call her by her name. Um, muffin. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Okay, she's Muffin. So Muffin, who's been very sweet and has been messaging us, I will figure out your name and learn it. She has said, my parents were very generous and his are very stingy. Also budgeting. She said Ooh. budgeting's crazy for us. And that's a really good one to land on to move in to this topic. this topic are you ready yeah i am i'm yeah. ready to move into this topic of a family of origin so we're going to be talking about and i'll be defining um family of origin and stuff but this is something that i learned about probably two and a half three years ago now and i remember hearing about it and i read it in a book and it just made so much sense to me and it blew my mind and i just could not believe how many dots were connected and how many aha moments um, that I had about the person that I am today based off of of this stuff um, when it comes to family of origin. And so basically what your family of origin is, is it is um, the family that you originated from. And so, and it's also this concept that you learn things Um, sometimes spoken, sometimes unspoken from the family that you came from. So for instance, like some of these that we just went over, 
are like our family we always cleared off the dinner plates and we you know uh the others we just you know didn't or we always load the dishwasher right after we eat mom and dad always did dishes together right afterwards that was their little date time and then they loaded the dishwasher and that kind of thing and then you know maybe the other family you know your fiance's family they just leave the food on there and toss it in the other side of the sink those are things that are not maybe they were spoken rules maybe they were unspoken that one i can see that one being a spoken rule like this is how we do that other examples of like something that might be unspoken are the way that conflict is handled so maybe in one family conflict is handled in a sense that it is swept under the rug it's never talked about it's never acknowledged people just move over it and then in another sense uh, maybe in another family uh, there's lots of loud arguing, yelling, passion, and all of this stuff, but but problems aren't swept under the rug. They're handled directly and normally handled loudly. Like those aren't rules. This is that, that they said, "Hey, here's how we're going to handle these issues." It's just kind of the dynamic and the culture in the house, and so that's just what ends up happening. And so you can see, like, can you see where this might be problematic, Ashley? Where you take two people who like come from different households, who there's these unspoken rules that they've begun to live with, where you have one person who sweeps under the rug and one person who's direct. Wholeheartedly, that's my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was 100% my life when Justin and I moved in together. And it was a really hard adjustment for us to figure out the varying ways that we hit. And granted, I didn't just, I just kind of always thought I was conflict. Mm, I can't think of the word. I was just, I'm just passive. Like I just always right. thought I hated conflict. I didn't, I avoided confrontation. Like it was the life of me. And it wasn't until Justin and I started dating that he was like, you do engage in conflict. You just do it in a passive aggressive manner. And so yeah. then that's in a lot of these families that are passive, you form passive aggression as the child that's formed as a child. And you don't know how to, get across the way that you're actually feeling. And so you say it in like this passive remark and hope fingers crossed that they understand why you're complaining, what right. you're complaining about when you never actually said what you're complaining about. And you never actually said that you're upset. So like Justin, if I made a passive aggressive remark, he literally it, it thinks everything's okay because I didn't say I was upset. I was just like, that's fine. Oh, wow. That makes so much sense. So we never resolved anything because like, and then I would grow resentment because he didn't know that I was upset. But I, in my mind, I'm like, I told him I was like, upset. I've and he's made like, no, it. you I've, didn't. I've made this very clear in, in, in your family that would have been clear. Like, oh, that was a passive. Exactly. Like, oh, so snap. also I look now because of that, I'm always like overthinking the, and overanalyzing the things that people say. Cause I grew up not nothing against my parents. Like this is just also the way that they grew up. And I'm always overanalyzing what people are saying. And I'm like, wait, what did they mean by that? What did they mean by that? Okay, that's fine. Or what did they mean by saying I'm confused? Like, actually, are they mad at me? So I grew up kind of having to look at the undertones of things where Justin, his family was very direct. There was no undertones. So when he comes to me to bring something up, I feel attacked yep. because of his undertone, but he yep. never had to pay attention to his undertone. He's like, I just say what I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, you need to come to me gracefully, yep. sweetly, and bring it up. Yeah, and and so I think this is a really good time to just kind of make clear, and you brought this up about family, like this episode, I don't want this to be an attack on anyone's family or for anyone to feel like, 
your parents were malicious or or knew what they were doing a lot of times these things are so subconscious and it, it uh, like buried so deeply within us and within our families that it's not like anyone knows what they're doing. Sometimes they might be intentional, yes. But other times there are things like communication styles that people don't just choose like, oh, we're gonna be a passive family or oh, we're gonna be an assertive family. A lot of times it's these things have been ingrained and rooted deeply within us for generations. So your dad's dad and your dad's dad's dad, like going generations back that this is just how the family has kind of functioned and operated. So. I don't want you to think that your parents are terrible people for maybe instilling instilling or making you passive or assertive or any of that type of stuff. Like parents are just doing the best that they know how to do. And a lot of times we do what we have seen our parents do mm -hmm. for better or for worse. Well, and a lot of them, like our parents, I, I was literally thinking the words are doing the best they can, just as you were saying it. Yeah. But also they're trying to do better a lot of the time than their parents were doing. That's good. And even if it's not perfect, they're trying to be perfect for you. And so you may get these unhealthy coping mechanisms like passive aggression and have to battle and work through that. But then you can battle and work through this for your kids. It's not your, it's not your parents' fault. And so when I talk to my mom about passive aggression, when she'll do something and I'm like, you should tell dad really how you feel. And she's like, but I did. And I'm like, but you didn't. We, you, it can be unlearned if you do learn any unhealthy conflict resolution type mm -hmm. of strategies as a child. These things can be unlearned, but it does take work. And it takes somebody a lot with passive aggression in particular, because I know a lot of people suffer from this and relationships suffer from this. You just need an accountability partner to be like, hey, that was passive aggressive. Try it, saying it directly. So that's what Justin yeah. did with me. I'd make a passive aggressive comment and he's like, try being more direct with me. I don't know exactly what you mean. And so then I would literally have to like take a deep breath. And I felt like I was like starting the biggest fight ever. Like you because were about I was to break or shatter his world. Yes. Yeah. And he's like, okay. I like say whatever it is. And I'm like, I don't like the way that you load the dishwasher. I don't know what it was. Yeah. And he's like, okay. And after a while I learned the world's not going to end because I tell him how I'm feeling. In fact, I'm not going to feel resentful we're going to be able to solve this. So a lot of these things that you do learn from your family of origin, if they are problematic, can be fixed. You can be happier. That can be lifted. And you may not even know that it's a thing. So that's what we're going to dive into is like, what are these things that you have ingrained in you, even as deep as your DNA, that you can try to like change those neuropathways, change this about yourself. It doesn't have to be this way forever. I feel like we say sure. that every episode. It doesn't have to be this way. To, that may be a little phrase that, that just keeps coming up over and over again. Um, the last disclaimer I want to get before we really dive in, even though we're kind of, but before we get much further is that there's so much work that goes into diving into your family of origin. There's a lot of discovery, a lot of unearthing and digging and, and making connections. It is not something that we are going to be able to go super in depth on in this episode. But we wanted to start the conversation because we believe that this is something that you can have some aha moments with. Um, and we hope to like ignite a curiosity in you that's going to lead you to digging deeper into where your family truly is and how they've deeply shaped the person that you are today for better or for worse. And so my hope is that 
you know, after this, that you might begin to look at, hey, what are the, what are some things that me and my partner are always fighting about? Always just having these little tips, these little arguments about, and then you might go, huh, maybe there's something there with family of origin. Maybe he or she learned this, and this is why they do these things. They're not intentional to hurt me. It's just like deeply ingrained in me. So again, this is just like an introductory level into the family of origin. You can do research on your own, read books. I'm going to make a recommendation of a book and, and, uh, and some stuff like that at the end. So you guys can definitely dive into this, but um, we're going to do that. Ready to dive deeper? I'm excited. I'm Good. genuinely excited. <laughs> okay, so um, I think the one of the first things that's, that's important to grasp is that in order for you to move forward in your current relationship, you actually have to look backwards and examine the family that you came from. A lot of times we can find out so much about ourselves by looking to the past. Um, I feel like as a society in America, we're always focused on moving forward in the future, but very rarely are we encouraged to look at the past and to process and to just um, meditate, think deeply about. We're, we're just always looking on to the next thing. And so I feel like a lot of the things that we deal with in our present could be unlocked or, or we can have these aha moments if we were to simply look at the past. And so that's what this whole conversation is gonna be about today. Um, have you ever heard of something called the Beaver System Model? No. No, no okay. No, not at all. So <laughs> basically the Beaver System Model is a well-known way of looking, and under, looking at and understanding our families. And so um, it's basically breaking out uh, classifying families into five levels of health. And so I want to read off these descriptions. There's five of them. Okay. And this might be a way for you to kind of gauge and to begin to think about where your family is. Like all families are different and some of these are very generalized, but I think you might find yourself gravitating to one of them out of all five of them. I love these activities. Okay. Let's go. Let's do it. All right. Level five. The family in pain. This is a severely disturbed family. Real leadership is totally lacking. Chaos, uncertainty, confusion, and turmoil are the adjectives that describe these homes. Conflicts are never dealt with or resolved. There is no ability to look at issues with clarity. That's it. I'm actually reading from a book. I don't know if anyone can tell. <laughs> So I read all of these, um, and I think, I think it's hard to say this because I love my family, but I, out of all of these, the family that I come from would probably be the best categorized as the family in pain, um, mostly for a few reasons. Um, I don't know that there was this loud, explosive fighting and stuff that took place, um, but I would say that real leadership was definitely lacking in our household. I wouldn't say it was chaotic, but the words uncertainty and confusion uh, definitely resonate with our household. Turmoil wasn't one that I would use, um, but conflicts were never dealt with. Like it, it didn't happen. Everything was swept under the rug, um, which is interesting because I am not like that. Like that's something that I did not take away from my family. And I think it was because of a lot of frustrations I had. Like I wished people would talk about their problems and that my mom, um, I also grew up with my mom also venting to me and complaining to me as the oldest child a lot. Um, and so I kind of resented my dad a little bit more and I always was making mental notes like, okay, 
mom's always upset that dad's doing this. So I'm going to try to not do this. Mm-hmm. Um, just little things like that. But we would be, I would definitely categorize. I need to ask my brother this. He lives with us. I'd be interested to see what he rated us as. Yeah, me too. So, okay. That's level five, the family in pain. Level four, the borderline family. This is a polarized family. Instead of anarchy, as in level five, a dictatorship rules here. Instead of no rules, this home has nothing but black and white rules. There are rigid ways of thinking, feeling, and behaving that are expected of all members. Individuals cannot say, I disagree with what you said. I know people who this is their parents. And I hung out with them, and this is the home they lived in. Yeah, I was going to say, like, at first, until that last sentence, I was like, oh, this could potentially be my family. But the, then I com- you completely lost me in that last sentence. Like, there was allowed to definitely be disagreement. Okay, yeah, individuals can cannot say, I disagree with what you said. So, I mean, it, and again, there may be, it's about, it, none of these might, there might be some people, it's a perfect descriptor. I would imagine some of right. these are like, hey, 75% of that, I agree, is my family. Kind of like the Enneagram. You know, like there are things that are like, yeah, 75, 80% of, of the characteristics are me. Yeah. So, maybe. Who knows? Maybe that's it. Maybe it's not. The rule-bound family. This family is not in chaos or under a dictatorship. It is healthier than level four, feeling loved and good about oneself. However, depending on obeying the spoken and unspoken rules of the family, um, oh, however, it's depending upon whether or not you obey the spoken or unspoken rules of the family. If you loved me, you would do all the things you know will meet with my approval. Uh, there is an invisible referee with the rules of the system being more important than the individual. A subtle level of manipulation, intimidation, and guilt permeate the home. Hmm. There's that one. Hmm. Okay. Level I'm trying two, to like self-identify. <laughs> yeah. Level two and level one. And that's why in, in level two and level one are almost identical. Uh, and so you you might just have to go with the one that's like uh, this most closely resembles. And again, this is just trying to kind of give you a good route for where you are. So levels two and one, the adequate family and the optimal family. In these families, there is an ability to be flexible and cherish each each individual member while at the same time valuing a sense of closeness. Good feelings, trust, and teamwork by the parents enable members to work together through difficulties and conflicts. What distinguishes level two families from level one families can be summed up in one word, delight. Level one families truly delight in being with one another. Wow. Yep. Wow. That's intense. Yeah. That gave me chills. Yeah. I want to be a family that where our children like delight being with us. This is one of those things we were talking about comparing last time to where it's like, I want to compare myself to this, but like as a motivational thing, you know, like 100% motivational want to be better. So what, so maybe let's see, maybe you didn't fit in exactly with one of those, or maybe our listeners didn't feel like they fit the mold of one of those, but this should give you a good starting place. What did you resonate with Ashley? That was said. Well, so level, I wanted to say when you finished reading about one and two, that I feel like, we are more between like two and three, okay. I think. Yeah. My So my dad was very passive. My mom was relatively passive as well. But my mom was like the quote unquote uh, dictator is not the right word. But she's she was the leader of yeah. our family. The matriarch. Yeah. She was. Yeah. She made the rules. We followed the rules. 
So like we're very rule centered, which is probably why I'm rule centered now, but <laughs> we're very rule centered. So that resonated. And that was from level three. I think the rules yes. was kind of like a big old see. thing, like unspoken rules and like things will be great. But I didn't necessarily resonate with that's how you show me you love me type of thing is like following right. the rules. Okay. So I, I would definitely that. resonate more with like one or two in that regard. But I also like absolute, I like have always loved being around my family. Like even from a child now as an adult, I like loved it, but delight. I'm like trying to decipher how like delight feels, but it definitely, I don't know. So we're definitely in like that upper range thing. Upper range. Yeah. I feel very fortunate to have that. I know not everybody does. Yeah, and it's interesting because in our family growing up, and and I'm going to share a little bit about Lara's family too, partially because she'll never listen to the podcast, so she won't know. Um, <laughs> but I also don't think she would care. Um, but in our family, so my, I love my dad. I love him so much. He was not really a leader in our home. Um I would actually, as weird as this is to say, I would say that, and even still to, to this day, um, I'm probably the leader of our family. Even being the oldest, like my mom is always coming to me and asking for advice and my dad will too. But it, it's just interesting how that dynamic that dynamic works out. But I, I wasn't leading when I was younger. I didn't feel like I could. I felt like that was my dad's job. And so there was always this voidless vacuum and because of that, I mean, there was just so much uncertainty. There was always questioning, are we making the right decision? There was very much not a, um, like, uh, this feeling of security, like, okay, we're making the right decision. We're doing the right thing. This is the right choice to make. And a part of that, you know, comes from my mom got pregnant when she was 17. My dad had to grow up very quickly. And while my dad wasn't the loving and nurturing kind of father, he showed me and my brothers and my sister loved the best way that he knew how to, which was to work hard and to provide for our family. I will say to this day, my dad is the hardest working man that I know. Person, I just even, he's the hardest working person that I know. And he got that from his dad because his dad worked so hard to provide for a better life. My dad's dad came from Mexico. He came from poverty. And so for him, his dad was always just trying to provide. And so when they came to America, he could actually do that. He could actually provide a better life. And it just required working 70, 80 hour weeks. And it was the same thing for my dad. And so he showed us love a different way by, by providing and giving to us the best that he knew how to. Um, so I wouldn't say that like our home was riddled with turmoil. Like I wouldn't say that like even though I, I, I would do think level five is the best way to categorize us. It was more of just like kind of this sense of hopelessness and defeatedness that kind of existed within our family. I don't know if kind that makes of sense. Cloud. Yeah. Kind of just like, you know, just always going through the ringer with stuff. Yeah. Lar well, I, I just I think that. Justin could probably agree with that for him that he his family was always going through something and I think a lot of it had to do with moving around a lot and we moved around a lot too you know yep and dad was in the military as a chief so he was kind of relatively absent with like a stay-at-home so it was like a very interesting dynamic 
Yeah. And like, I think a lot of people that move around a lot have to deal with a lot of coping mechanisms growing Mm. up. Well, I mean, you have those things to where, you know, um, dad's gone a lot. He's working a lot. He's working long hours. And, and I think that our parents' generation, you know, you and I, I'm 30. You are, you're not 30 yet, right? You're 29. Yep. How old are your parents? My dad is my both. They're both 63, 62 or 63. My mom just had to pull out a calculator yesterday to figure out how old she was. (laughs) She was born in 58. So 63. So I think your parents are closer to, so with my parents, having me so young, I think my dad, he just turned 50. So my dad's 50 and my mom, I think is 46 or 47, somewhere in there. Um, and then Lair's parents are like 72 and 61 or something like that. So, but there is this thing that existed that it's like you work as hard as you can and you just have to do what you have to do and you put your head down and you survive. And so I feel like for a lot of our parents, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but at least with Lair's family and with my family, or speak for your family, I don't want to speak for your family, but there was not very much emotional, like love and stuff that was there. It was more about surviving and, and like being well off financially so that you can not die. <laughs> I know that sounds dramatic, but I, I'm in like. complete 100% agreement. What like we, we even say that like, we were kind of on a one income household when I was growing up and my dad was self-employed. And so that self-employed money, obviously there wasn't like a ton of it. Yeah. And they did just work to get by. I mean, the nineties, I think honestly were kind of hard for a lot of people, but you know, you were more, were more expensive. Yeah. But there was, it's weird though. Cause there's also this like huge level of respect that I noticed amongst like, especially with the Larry's family for working hard, like, Yes. Doing hard work. Like Lara's mom, our relationship has gotten better. We're going to have a whole episode on that one day about in-laws, but um, we are in a better, we are always finding ourselves in with our relationship being better than it was the year before, but we're still working through things. Yeah. Um, But to this day, she always makes comments, especially since I started my business about me getting a real job. Uh, and like, so <laughs> this happens at least every two or three months, Lara's mom will tell her, Hey, uh, so I saw there's some openings down at spirit and, uh, this and this, like, I really think Chris could get this job and he can do this. And Lara's like, mom, he has a job. He's a wedding photographer. He provides, it's like, they don't know. They're like, this must be a hobby thing. Like, no, I'm making what someone I'd have to work and be gone. Like what I make in one wedding, I'd have to work like 40 hours doing that, maybe more. And I do it in not 40 hours and I get to be around my family more. So it's, it's so interesting, the dynamic that exists like within that and this hardworking culture that like for them, it's like, you have to do this to be successful. Well, I was going to ask you your, what would you say that your parents, I think this is a really important question for people to consider themselves. And I think it can lead you to a life of like fulfillment. So when you were growing up, what was it that your parents instilled in you that was success? Like, and maybe success is the wrong word, but what did they really want you to be? Yeah. What was it that they really instilled in you? Like mine, for example, was to be kind. Like that was like all that my parents cared about. Like you just need to be kind. That was like, 100% everything always boiled back down to you just need to be kind to people. 
Man, this is a, yeah, I've never, geez. I asked Ashley this the other day, my business partner. Yeah. And she had to sit on it for a minute too. However, I think you should chew on it. And while you chew on it, I'm going to talk. Okay, do it. (laughs) So the reason that I'm asking this question, and I want you kind of all to consider what was it that your parents instilled in you? What, What did they instill as important? Some people's was you need to work really hard. You need to make a lot of money. You need to... It could have been you need to find fun in things. You need to carve your own path. Like everybody's parents kind of had a different set of what it was that was important to like be a good person. And I know like Justin's, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but whenever we've talked about our own kids, like what do we want our kids to be? I always say kind and Justin always says smart. Like they very much value intelligence. Yes. Like hard. And I'm like, no, I'd rather my kid be kind than smart. And so... The reason I ask is because this can boil down to your calling in life, kind of like calling. It may not be the right word, but it can be rooted in your direction for where you need to continue to go that will make you feel good. Or you need to reverse engineer it and be like, is that something that I still line up with? Or is that something that is like dragging me down in life that I feel like I need to have like a really good job and be a lawyer because my parents told me I need to but it doesn't she I muted herself mute. hey that's the first <laughs> time though that that's happened in I know minutes, so. I was like trying to tighten this and I hit it <laughs> so it but it doesn't line up with me and what I want what is it yeah like so it's kind of like figure that's, out what that is that's a really good question can you repeat you that one more time just for maybe people that might have missed it yes what was it that your parents instilled in you at a young age and then consider that because that could be something that will guide you to a fulfilling life if you line up with it. Or it could be something that you need to reverse engineer and be like, this is a belief that has been instilled in me that doesn't line up with me. I need to drop it. I need yeah. to let it go. Yes. I need to find my own. And that is the power of unearthing your family of origin and the unspoken and spoken things. Like There is power in that. And that is one of the biggest benefits is that you can begin to analyze and go, do I want this or do I not want this? Because just like I said, like I, I picked up so many things that I was like, yeah, I don't want to do this that my dad does, but I do want to do this, you know? Okay. So I think I have an answer to your question, okay. um, at least here within the last like couple minutes I've had. So one of them would be um, to provide for your family, like, and that family is one of the most important things. And it's, it's interesting to say that because even though we were, my dad wasn't necessarily the leader that our family needed, like, we still did have fun together. Like, I didn't hate my life. Like, I loved my family. We still tried to do what we could. We still went fishing. We, you know did what we could do, but it was like, there was very much this belief that my dad tried to drill in us that family is everything. And that also something that I'm just realizing is that like, you need to spend a lot of time with family, like a lot. And that is really important. And then when I moved away and moved to Kansas, that really hurt my dad because it was almost like this, well, you don't want to be by us type thing. And it's like, no, nah, that's, that's not what this is. But I'm also realizing like, wow, that's real. those things are really important to me. Family is very important to me. Us spending time together is important to me. 
So those are probably the biggest things that I think is like you need to provide for your family. And that's not just a male thing too. That would be a female thing as well. Like, because my mom very much. So it was just like everyone contributes. Everyone tries to provide. We're in this together type of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. I think that even though I said earlier, we were a one income household when I was young. That was like when Ben and I were babies and daycare is expensive. So my mom stayed home and my dad went and worked. But when we got so expensive. Yeah. So then it's like a blessing for a parent whenever your ki- both your kids are in kindergarten and then you can actually work. So my mom pretty much for most of my like adolescent and adult life kind of was it, she took on like the breadwinner role. And that was yep. when I started forming a close relationship with my mom, like deep, close relationship, friendship. And that could potentially be why I want to be the breadwinner of my family. And like, I want Justin to stay at home. It's, which is just very interesting. I so want him to be a stay at home dad. He would kill it. Wouldn't he? He would kill. I mean, look, he's already cooking up. He's like chef Gordon right now. Chef Uh, Ramsay. He he really, Gordon Ramsay. That's right. He he did. He just made us cordon bleu. It was great. Okay. So I have another little activity for us. Okay. Okay. So we are going to be talking about 10 different kind of scenarios if you haven't really identified with anything that we're saying yet so far I want you to I'm going to list off some things that have potentially 10 things that have potentially been spoken into you that have been instilled in you and 10 things that might have been unspoken but still instant instilled into you does that make sense okay so I'm going to give us these categories and then we can talk about these and and just see if any of these line up so number one wait wait I need to pee okay (laughs) I need to go to the bathroom. I'm going to go pee really quick. Okay. So these are 10 different examples that we're going to walk into of spoken and unspoken rules that might apply to you. So you as the listener play along and see which of these stand out. And then Ashley, we can discuss a little bit, not in super detail, but just, oh yeah, that one is us. Oh yeah. And these didn't really apply to my family. So number one, let's go money. Okay. So the topic of money, money is the best source of security. So that's one of the, uh, things that could have been spoken or unspoken. The more money you have, the more important you are. Make lots of money to prove you made it. So those are just three for this, for each of these, they're going to have three. Do any of those stand out to you? That messages Ooh. that you feel like you got about money? The, I want to say the first one. Will you repeat that? The money is the best source of security. I would say that that is definitely a message that I received growing up. I feel like that one resonates with me the most out of the three. I don't, money wasn't super important. Yeah. So I feel like it was more of, yeah. One of, one of the, my ex-girlfriends, she, her family, it was definitely a big thing that make lots of money to prove that you made it. That was, I can look back and go like, oh yeah, that was a thing. Okay. Number two, conflict, avoid conflict at all costs. Don't get people mad at you. Loud, angry, constant fighting is normal. I, is that, are, are those the those three? Those are the three, yeah. I am like hard head nodding to the first two. Hard. Yeah. I mean, I don't resonate with the third one at all, but the first two, both of them. Yeah. I always be kind. If somebody's mad at you, you're failing. Yep. Yeah, I would say avoid uh, conflict at all costs was something that was there. Sex. Wow. 
Sex is not to be spoken about openly. Men can be promiscuous. Women cannot. Sexuality and marriage will come easy, easily. That first one out of all of those probably resonates with me the most. Sex is not to be spoken about openly. Do any of them have to resonate? No, they don't. No, these okay. aren't. These are just examples of these. These are low hanging fruit. <gasps> cool. These aren't. These aren't like you have to fit into these, and and these are the ones. So you could say random examples. Yeah, these are just random examples. Yeah, also, no, I don't this resonate with any of this those. book also is that I'm reading from is a Christian book, so there might that that might be why some of those there at least are there for sex. So know that there is an undertone of that, although this topic is not purely Christian by any means. Right. Yeah. Um, no, I don't resonate with any of those. I okay. think. Well. I mean, we didn't talk about sex until I was probably like a teenager. My parents never talked about it with me ever. Oh, ever. Oh, uh, there was none of that. Yeah. Whereas I mean, I, my kids are four and six and we've already talked about sex multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, it definitely wasn't unspoken. I feel even like as an adult, maybe kind of awkward around my dad Yeah. if we talk about it and we don't talk about it. Like, you know what I mean? I know what you mean. It's like yeah. appropriate conversations, but I still kind of feel weird. Like that my dad knows that like I have sex with my husband. Like that's like a very strange thing for Th that's me. That's an interesting that's my world. Dad. To live in. Okay. Yeah. I just thought of my own right here. Okay. Affec affection. Okay. Yeah. Affection is done openly in front of the kids and in public. Affection no. is something to be private and never shared with anyone. Affection is to not be shown at all. Do any of those res resonate with you? Affection is private. Okay. So my family, that would have been, that's how it is for Lara's family. But when Lara met my family, we are very affectionate. We're huggers. My dad was always kissing my, kissing my mom in front of us, always playing around, grabbing her boobs, slapping her butt, all that stuff. Like all of that. So it was very playful. It was never anything that was like dirty or, but it was like this, we yeah. knew like showing love and affection. And so... So Lara was blown away when she saw my parents kiss for the first time. Like, she's like, oh my God, I can't believe that they just did that. Like yep. here, it was, yep. so that was definitely something that was different for us. I think I saw my parents kiss like last week. And the fact that I know that I saw my parents kiss last week should be saying something. I, they don't, I could count on one hand how many times I've seen them kiss. So I literally kind of like inside of me was like fist pumping the air like, Yes, yes go, you go, should still go. be in love right now. Yes. <laughs> I, like that's not something that we ever saw. Okay. Uh, grief and loss. Sadness is a sign of weakness. You are not allowed to be depressed. Get over losses quickly and move on. I don't know that any of those resonate with me. Me either. But I, I know that they resonate with some people. Like def mm -hmm. I feel, feel like Justin could resonate with a couple of those. Expressing anger. Anger is dangerous and bad. Explode in anger to make a point. Sarcasm is an acceptable way to release anger. The first one. Anger is dangerous and bad. Yeah, I... I say, you know, explode in anger to make a point would probably be it, which is ironic because I said everything got swept under the rug, which is true. But the rug can only go so high before stuff starts mm -hmm. falling out. And mm -hmm. then the moments where things did explode, they exploded. Like, But it would build up and build up and build up and build up until it couldn't build up anymore. 
and then they were shut. Yeah, there's always an explosion in the, the passive. Yep. Um, number six, family. You owe your parents for all they've done for you. Don't speak of your family's dirty laundry in public. Duty to family and culture comes before everything else. If oh. any, the first one resonates a teeny bit. But you the owe your parents for all they've done for you. Yeah. The last yeah, one. But I don't know if oh is the right word either. So that's why it's just maybe you should be grateful or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. thank you for everything that you've done. Yeah. So for me, it'd be duty to family and culture comes before everything. Wow. Relationships. Don't trust people. They will let you down. Mm-mm. Nobody will ever hurt me again. Don't show vulnerability. None of those. Don't but show vulnerability for me. Really? Mm-hmm. And this Justin, is one of those this is one of those unspoken those things. This isn't something that everyone but like I can't ever remember my mom or dad being vulnerable with one another or let alone in front of us that that was something or my dad coming to me and being vulnerable and apologizing like for something and putting themselves in a position of not power. Not that he was on a power You just trip. never saw it, so you didn't learn it. And I never experienced it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would but our families like that. Like vulnerability, like being honest with what's really going on, it's that that's not there. Uh, eight attitudes towards different cultures. Only be close friends with people who are like you. Do not marry a person of another race or culture. Certain cultures slash races are not as good as mine. You already know that you don't. I don't think any of those apply to me. However. That's a, it's just a hard, I feel like those are, those are like, that's that bias that yeah. do you know that it exists type of thing? Yeah. I'll, I'll ask this one. Like maybe. This is no, this is no, this would not be a knock on, cause I'm going to ask it about my family too. Uh, I would agree with me. Only be close with friends who are people who are like you. And I was going to say if anyone, maybe that one, but do not marry a person of another race or culture. How would you, how do you think your family would respond if you married someone from another race or culture and think they wouldn't, drastically different? They wouldn't give a shit. Okay. I um, think my but family. I know somebody who would be, whose parents would be freaking pissed. So I don't think like it would be, I don't think my parents would be 100% against it. I think it would be awkward for them and they would have to, they would want to be okay. But okay, their first. But Lara does. No, 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 yeah, Lara, but Lara doesn't. It's different. That's what. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, I'm like, but Lara is kind is a different culture, right? But it's also di- well. So I'm also I'm part white. Race. I'm half okay, white. Okay. My mom is half white. My dad married a half white girl. Okay, so they're. I, that's, so yeah, you're half white. So the same girl that I talked about earlier, her parents. One of the big reasons that we ended up breaking up excuse me, was because of my race. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I, sucks. that was probably one of the hardest things to ever, dad was very racist, very racist. Um, tried everything I could to like respect and honor this man. And ultimately that's why uh, the relationship ended. So no, but tears in my eyes. I'm very sorry that you had to go through that. It's you were okay. Young. I, I wish I, yeah, I was young and I really wish I just could have been like, listen guy, like, I got some things I want to say to you now, but whatever. I moved on. Okay. Yeah. Number nine, success. Success is getting into the best schools 
is making lots of money, is getting married, having children, and having a family. That last one. Okay. I would say the same for us. Because yeah. success, although money played a big role, money was important, but not for success. Not for success. Um, it, was it was more, more like survival. Security. Yeah, security, yeah. survival. Okay, feeling and emotions. You are not allowed to have certain feelings. Your feelings are not important. Reacting with your feelings without thinking is okay. Number one, which was, read that again. That one. You are not allowed to have certain feelings. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to be, like, if I was angry or threw a fit or anything like that, if there was, like, reprimand. Yeah, you had to stop so that. Like, so I grew up not being, like, <coughs> thinking literally anger was bad, which aided to my passive aggression. I would say for me, it's the reacting with your feel, reacting with your feelings without thinking is okay. So just kind of that like that explosive kind of thing that was mm -hmm. just like mm -hmm. that's well, that's okay, that's fine. So, anyways, these are these are all ten, and you can there's so there's so 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 many more of these. And those um, are just examples. These and they're, these are just examples. They're not like you have to have one of these three. They kind of Maybe get your brain going. They get your brain going. But when we're talking about unspoken and spoken rules. These are the things that we're talking about, things that that you've latched onto you that you may have not realized that you latched onto um, all of this types of stuff and, and things that you have the ability to look at and go, hmm, success in our family was defined as um, basically if you got a really good job, you were successful. Maybe you're in a different place than your family was now and you go, you know what? I just don't agree with mom and dad on that. Success to me is loving people or um, family, starting a family. Like you have to redefine what those things are for you. Um, and so you have the ability to be able to do that um, when we're looking at these things. And again, this is the power of starting to dig deep into your family of origin. So those are examples of unspoken and potentially spoken rules. And these things are hardwired into our brains, like so much so that we bring these expectations into our closest relationships as adults. And this might be potentially to where, you know, you as someone who's about to get married, you might see some of these little arguments that are happening. Ashley, it looked like you had a light bulb moment there. I did. Well, I was going to, one of the things I wanted to ask you, Chris, is so how do you find that this family of origin concept affects couples and marriages, which why we're talking about this today. Yeah. I think the, the, the biggest thing that it does is it, it creates those aha moments and it allows you to realize like, wow, this is why me and my fiance are constantly fighting about money and he wants to spend it all and I want to save it. And it's because you two grew up with a very different view of money. Maybe for you, your parents grew up um, fearful of layoffs and, and their parents warned them of the Great Depression and saving money and always hiding their mattress and the money in a mattress. That's like a phrase that people talk about. Like you, you want to save up your money because you never know what's going to happen. Whereas maybe your fiance, uh, his family they made lots of money and they just never really worried about them. They always wanted to celebrate and have a good time and, and buy gadgets and things like that. And so those are things, potential sources and hotspots that could lead to flare-ups, disagreements, anger, arguments. And instead of you thinking, oh, this is never going to work, you could just look at those and go, hey, we can work through these things. When we realize that 
you feel that way because you grew up with that and I feel this way because I grew up this way, you guys can look at it together and go, do we want to alter these and begin to change our minds and form our new, basically, like family and beliefs and core beliefs and things like that? Right, for your family and knowledge for so many other reasons, but this as well is power without mm-hmm. knowing it without like turning your back to it, you're never going to be able to make that active change. Especially because I think a lot of people, these things that they've learned, these unspoken rules aren't necessarily things they agree with or feel strongly about. It's just the way it's kind of always been. It's never been challenged. It's the fact that let's look at it and challenge it. Now we have the ability to change it. Yeah. I like that. You, 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 you're able to, excuse me, man, I am burping today. (laughs) Um, but uh, yeah, you can challenge it and you and you should do this together as a couple like and you've mentioned several times, Ashley, and it seems like you and Justin have made some of these connections without knowing what this is called. But your relationship gets better. Would you agree? Like once you can realize like the communication thing that you were talking about with you two, like you being maybe passive aggressive and him being mm-hmm. direct, like mm-hmm. how much did that change y'all's relationship once you guys figured that out? astronomical amounts prior to us well it was him understanding what passive aggression was me not knowing even really what that was I'm like no I'm not aggressive I see the word aggressive and I'm like that I don't identify anger fight harm you probably think those words yeah yeah and so whenever he told me that it was like this well a first of all he was sleeping on the floor that night (laughs) he made a cot on the bed and slept on the floor this was years ago and I was sleeping in bed and we had this like fight about passive aggression. And he was like, you're very passive aggressive. Like this is unhealthy. We can't communicate actively. You're saying things. I'm not hearing them because you're not saying them. And so I did a Google search on passive aggression and I laid in bed that night and cried myself to sleep. <laughs> no, <laughs> Chris was about to be Man, like, oh I'm my sorry. Gosh. <laughs> yeah, I was about to go, oh my gosh. And then I choked on my Yeah. <laughs> So I cried myself to sleep that night and without him being honest with me with that, granted, I wish it would have been more done more delicately. Right. It was a, it was a very hard year of our relationship. Probably one of the worst. It was one of his worst years uh, mentally. So he didn't come at it delicately. We weren't doing this like exercise together to better ourselves. He was just kind of attacking me in a way and saying like, I want this relationship to work, but it's not going to work if you continue being passive aggressive. So then I yeah. figured it out. And he had to be my accountability buddy. And literally, I think we had a safe word. Accountability buddy. Uh, We had a safe word. And I want to say it was pineapple. And anytime that I was being passive aggressive, he would say pineapple. And Mm. that would check me. And then I'd take a deep breath, challenge myself, be direct, tell him what you really think. Everyone wants, a lot of people just expect that once they get married, all of their problems are going to be better and they're going to go away. And it's just going to be this fairy tale and perfect and romantic. And that's not true. Those butterflies wear off pretty dang quickly and things get real pretty fast. Even for couples who lived together, like it's just different from what some of my friends have told me. Like there's a deeper commitment there. That's like, Oh crap, I'm locked in with this person. Even if you've been living with them for years and years prior to being married, like that was us. It, it takes work and it takes consistent work. And a lot of times people who maybe grow up in environments where self-growth and bettering yourself isn't really talked about and becoming the best version of yourself. I know that sounds woo-woo, but you are 
you witness people pointing out flaws in other people. When in marriage, it would do you well, it would serve you well to begin to look at yourself. Sorry, Larry sent me a text. Uh, it, you, you need to start and you need to look at yourself and start there because if you start within, like you can't change your other partner, like, but you can change yourself and you can begin to work on yourself and you should be committed to having conversations and about all this stuff. But all of this stuff, like, I hate to even go this route, but can you imagine if you start having these conversations with your fiance now? before you're married and you start to talk about these things, even if you're dating, and maybe you get to a point to where you work through, you begin to work through things and things get better. Or maybe you realize we're just not compatible. These things are just deeply ingrained in us and they are not going to change. And maybe you guys decide, maybe it's best if we don't get married. I know that's dark. I know that's probably not what anyone wants to hear. But you can figure those things out and you can figure out, hey, am I going to, because listen, if there are issues right now in your relationship that are blaring red flags and you want to work on them and your partner is not committing to work on them, it's not going to change when you get married. Like unless there's some cataclysmic event that maybe happens that causes someone to really self-evaluate. And I'm not trying to discourage anyone from getting married, but it is something to consider and something to think about. I don't know what you think about all that. <laughs> I, if there was a huge delay there, I had like a 30 second delay for you. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. But okay. no, I can, I'm all, I always completely agree. And I think that it, although it's hard to have those difficult conversations about, is this the right move? I mean, I think it's just really important. And even if like, I'm going to be honest here and there is a really hard moment that you can have in your relationship of, wow, this is really difficult. Wow, we view things very differently. Wow, what do I do? Is this the life I want to spend? And Justin and I have had those thoughts so many times because we are so different. But we have chosen. So say you choose, okay, I just want to find somebody that lines up more with me more power to you find someone that makes you happy but for justin and i we both are into self-development we're both yes. into like we are dedicated we are loyal and i'm not saying you're not obviously if you decide to like take a different path in your life but yeah we're like flawed in the way that we're loyal and so we are like we're just going to take this hard path and make it work but i will tell you it is work yeah it is so much work sometimes it's hard sometimes you're miserable some like uh, justin sometimes is like what are we doing and granted yeah. this is few and farther between now because we know now that like we have this like rock solid foundation where we may not have when we were younger but it you can persevere if you find these differences it's you just have to know that it's going to take a lot of work or you're going to have to ask yourself is this how i want to spend the rest of my life yeah. And I want to point out, I want to go back real quick and say like, I'm not, I don't, and I know you're not saying this, but I don't want anyone to hear in that. If it's hard, cut it off. If there no, are and agreements, you definitely don't believe I'm, that. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is exactly, I want to, it's what you're saying. You want to find someone who is going to want to put in the work because mm -hmm. it will take work. 
every relationship takes work. Some may take more work than others, some may take less work, but it requires effort on both people's part. And so each of you have to be committed to looking at yourself, owning your own crap, and trying to be the best version of yourself that you can be. Hallelujah, 100%. And I think that's what makes Justin and I, who are different, work. It's the fact that we both want it to work and we put in the work. Yeah. So I know we're coming up on, on timeframes and, and, uh, and I know you got some stuff you need to do so we can, we can begin to wrap this episode up. Um, but is there anything that you had that you wanted to add or ask? Oh, she muted again. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Why did I do that today twice? Okay. Um, okay. I just kind of want to circle back yes. and why why are we talking about this today? So I want to like hit that home on this family of origin concept, why we're talking about this today. It's something that you, Chris has said this time and time again, but I do want to drive it home because I think it's really important. It's not necessarily about your marriage or your wedding, or it's not about your wedding, but it's about your own personal growth, your spouse's personal growth and how this can only elevate your relationship when you're honest with yourself. Yes. And that's the hard part is it's, it's always hard. the denial or I also kind of thought about this earlier. There was this really hard time in my early twenties where I started going to therapy and in those therapy sessions, I remember now looking back older, my therapist would ask me these questions about my parents and I just kept remember feeling like she was attacking my parents and I didn't mm. understand at the time why I'm like I love my parents my parents can do no wrong they are my parents and they raised me well look I mean I'm a good person with a good right. heart what is wrong and so I think now looking back at this and knowing this family of origin concept I can feel less annoyed that my therapist was asking <laughs> me so many questions about my parents and yeah. I felt that like she was attacking them because genuinely they're not intending to be this way. And something else that Chris and I haven't mentioned yet that I also think is really fascinating about this topic of family origin is that this, <laughs> how do you explain this so simply? This is a idea, research is behind this that the experiences that you go through, your parents go through, and your grandparents and great-grandparents go through gets intertwined in your DNA. So it's not even that it's just psychological in your own brain and it lives in your brain. It, it goes down to a biological level. Biologically changes you. And so you pass this on, which is also why it's really a great thing to confront it so that you can try to make as many significant shifts as you can to alter your DNA. Like there's some, there's something behind how powerful the mind is that you can alter your DNA to some degree, which, whoa. Yeah. How powerful is that? And, and so I don't know if you guys remember at the beginning of the episode, I had mentioned, this is a meaty topic. This is where we get into that. Like literally 
everything that we've kind of hit on is very surface level, very like, it, it's still deep. It's below the surface. It's actually not surface level. It is below the surface, but this can go so it's deep. It's just when you, scraping the surface of this topic. Like, it, it can go so far back as to you realizing like, wow, my great grandfather was an alcoholic. My grandfather was an alcoholic. My dad was an alcoholic. And now I am really wrestling with this dependency upon alcohol. Like it can go back and like to again, like to where your DNA is literally changed to where you can have dispositions towards certain behaviors, activities, thought processes, all of this stuff. Like when we say ingrained, we mean ingrained. Yeah. And you've, I mean, I've heard for a long time that uh, alcoholism is hereditary, but this is why alcoholism is hereditary yep. because your behaviors have changed the DNA for your future families and it can bleed three generations on. And that was what I was listening to another podcast on this to just kind of like be more well-versed. This is more Chris's topic than my topic. He's kind of educating me in this whole realm, which I absolutely love. So I'm right there with you guys. But I did hear this podcast talking about how it is like research in the next 10 to 20 years is going to open our eyes to so many things that we never realized that like how pivotal our behavior mm -hmm. and the actions that we take are like Chris obviously mentioned alcoholism, which we know is hereditary and we've always kind of known that this is why, but also gambling is another thing. Abuse Ooh, is another thing. Yes. Anger is another situation um, that's like, this is where like falling into holes of depression and how that can, you can look at like mental illnesses throughout family members. Why do people get depressed? And then it's like, okay, what can I do to actively change this? So I don't get depressed. Maybe potentially I can change this route or have an effect on this route for my kids and their kids, which what, again, awareness. more research is needed, but awareness is a powerful tool because it just, it brings something it basically makes awareness makes something aware. I know that sounds like so silly, but awareness makes you aware <laughs> of something that you didn't know was going on. And you have a, a you basically have the power to, am I going to do something about this or am I not going to do something about it? And so, yeah, all of those things, like this is where we talk about this rabbit hole goes deep. You can go super deep in this topic. And if you are someone that begins to uncover things, I would, I would advise you to do this. And if you, have this oh crap moment to where you realize something that's been buried in your subconscious that you didn't realize you have a realization about your parents or something that did or something that was done to you or just anything of that nature please do not try to work through that alone go yeah, have somebody that you trust yes seek seek help from a professional uh mm -hmm. if you need to a counselor a therapist someone you know if you have someone in your life that is close to you a friend a family member that you can begin to work through it to maybe you just need to talk to them but if it's on the very serious nature side of things to where it is really affecting your mental health please 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 um reach out to a professional and schedule an appointment and have a conversation about this because we are not professionals. We are not equipped to help we're you with this. We're not experts no, in any way with this. We are not, but we're passionate about these topics and we're passionate about people becoming their best selves. And so we want to direct you to those people who could help you. But um, if this interests you, begin to, to dive deep and to dig into it. Um, the book that I read on this, and it, again, this is just one chapter in this book. It's not even what the whole book is about. It's called 
Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by um, Pete Cesaro. And it is a book with Christian undertones. So if that's not your jam, you might want to avoid it. Um, but if that it does resonate with some of you, definitely reach out to it. Maybe we can link the other um, podcasts that Ashley listened to in the show notes. I don't know if that's possible. If you can, yeah, I can. I can work on making that happen. And the, the one I was listening to, it's like a six part overall. Oh, so that sounds like origin. it's pretty in depth. It goes really, really deep, a lot deeper than this, but we wanted this to obviously be relatable to you, spark an interest. Um, we've also are going to, in the show notes, have a, we'll link the book Chris talked about, the podcast that I'm making notes so I don't forget to do these things. But also we are going to create a PDF for you and yes. we will link that so that way you can work through this with you. Chris, do you want to... Yeah, I a little am. bit about that. Yes, I can. So basically what we're going to do is, and this is just a very introductory exercise that you can begin to do because all of this stuff requires you to carve out time. Like you can probably think a little bit about this when you're driving or something like that, but you probably really want to carve out like I'm going to intentionally take 30 minutes to think and sit down and process. Um, and you're probably going to want to ask your mom question and your dad questions. And if your grandparents are still with you, then asking them questions. Um, but it's simply going to be um, these four different boxes that have areas that you'll fill in. One of them is called um, uh, your father. Uh, the other one is mother. If you were raised by your aunt or your uncle or your grandmother or grandparent, whoever the male and female influence uh, caretaker were for you in your life you would fill their name in and then so let's say we're looking at the box father underneath it you would try to brainstorm as many messages received about life as you possibly could think of so first maybe one of them is don't be weak education is everything you must achieve to be loved don't be sad things could be worse Make a lot of money. Don't don't trust people. They'll hurt you. Those are all example of messages or things that you may have heard um, about. The next, and you would do that for you, your mother as well. The next thing that you would do is you would try to figure out any earthquake type events that happened in your family history. So these could be things like um, abuse, premature or sudden deaths in your family, divorces, shameful secrets revealed, anything that changes the landscape of your life or your family's life, that's what you would want to add in this box. And then you would look at the earthquakes that have happened in your life, maybe the messages and the messages that you received about life from your mother, your father, and you're going to try to make any parallels that you can to to basically come up with culminate, how do you say that word? Cumulative? Cumul cumulative. <laughs> I'm not sure if that was the one, but... Messages, basically messages that you've received about your life. Is, I don't know. Is it's cumulative the word? Cum cumulative? Cumulative? Yeah, cumulative. C-U-M-U-L-A-T-I. <laughs> cumulative. <laughs> English is hard. <clears throat> I'm terrible with words and spelling and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, and then in that last box, it's going to be all of these different messages that you've received. And so they could be things like uh, realizations that you've had that you've basically internalized and so this is just an exercise with these boxes to help you get to help you get thinking i'm also going to link that list of of the 10 things that we covered also in that pdf so that you can have those and maybe you can begin to look okay are there any messages i received about money about sex about communication and they can just kind of give you a good starting point to begin to look at those yes and so we will make this we will link it in the pdf and what this is going to do for you 
is it is going to make you self-aware. It is going to make you and your spouse, hopefully, be able to sit down and be like, these are beliefs that I have. Are these beliefs that we want to carry on with our family? And this is how you're going to figure, or like try to figure it out. It's at least a tool to get you started. Yeah, for sure. 100%. 100. 100. How do you feel about this? This was a heavy one, man. It was. It was. I feel. It's our longest one I love one the today, conversation. Too. It is. And we've we've always said we're going to be between an hour 15 and an hour 30. And, and there we are. Yeah. No, I feel it was a great conversation. I mean, I learned a lot. It was good conversation. It's always good conversation. And I really think that it will spark a lot of just inner work that can be done. But man, I'm just over here like ready for a good episode. Like lighthearted episode however we that's that's not what we do here we 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 are here to yeah we are gonna dig we are gonna unearth things we are going to work on mental health that way we can have a emotionally healthy and thriving marriage faux show guys if you are enjoying uh enjoying if you are enjoying the podcast it would help us so much if you would go and rate the podcast uh subscribe to it if you would leave us a review, if you want Definitely. to participate in these polls that Ashley's doing, like today she read a bunch of answers from um, listeners that we have. Uh, if you want to go and participate in those and potentially have what you said read on the podcast, go and follow us at The Bridal Breakdown on Instagram. And uh, Ashley's really good about trying to stay engaged with our community. And we're really trying to do that to form a community. We don't want to just be another account that you follow that floods your feed with stuff that doesn't matter we really really are trying to be intentional with the content that we're creating so go follow us at the bridal breakdown you got anything else to add ashley i don't i'm just so excited seriously go follow us and come talk to me (laughs) come talk all right y'all we are out i was about to say we out (laughs) we out we out this thing i was gonna say that word (laughs) no we're all adults here yeah okay see you later everyone (laughs) 